week's episode of the top five report the podcast that wonders what would happen to the mandalorian government if the dark saber was destroyed my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter what's going on man (laughs) not much that was a pretty uh esoteric opening well (laughs) it was just more of a it was just more of a really like ooh, that's a weird hypothetical as opposed to the sort of Ha ha, sort of joke. So I know yeah, that caught I mean, me off guard a bit. Wow, well, this is how it caught me. Uh, quick backstory to that opening. Let me tell you how it caught me off guard. As I'm driving in the car and I hear from the back seat, my kid ask that question, and I go, "Um, yeah." <laughs> and my brain like cracked. And then I'm like, "You could ask every Star Wars fan that question, and their brain is going to crack because no one knows the answer to the question." <laughs> <laughs> So I'm very curious to see what would happen. Um, that might be where we're headed. Um, at any rate, <laughs> um, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Peter, how are you, man? What's going on? Um, I'm doing pretty good overall. Uh, how about you? Uh, about the same. So before we dive into WandaVision, I'm a shoot, I assume you watched it, right? Yes. Okay, perfect, because it's a good segue into a piece of news, too. So... Um, we'll save WandaVision for the end. Um, what did you watch? What did you read? What do we got? I honestly haven't watched a lot. Um, I've kind of been re-watching certain (laughs) things. Like, uh, my wife and I are re-watching the series New Girl on Netflix, which is really funny. And, uh, let's see, last night I kind of hung out and watched, uh, Scott Pilgrim again, and that was pretty pretty great because <laughs> uh i don't know i love scott pilgrim because of all these sort of uh comic booky sort of like speed lines and uh captions and stuff that happens on on the screen there's stuff that i actually noticed this time that i never noticed before like uh there's a part of the movie where and i don't really know why but uh steven stills uh pees his pants at part of the movie <laughs> And I've never noticed it, but there's a little caption that comes up with an arrow that like points to the P. And I was like, <laughs> what's that? No, it's just that's that's another. Like, I've always said that that movie is exercise for your eyeballs. And yeah, uh, I've never noticed that either. And now it makes me want to go watch Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and it's, it's, just and it's really that, it's really funny that you bring up Scott Pilgrim. And I'll tell you in a moment. So go ahead. Um, no, it's just, I just thought that was really funny to notice. And I'm like, man, I didn't notice that at all. But, um, and then other than that, uh, my kids are really hooked on big hero six right now. So we've been watching that a lot at the house and, uh, that's just a great time. Cause that's just a really fun, uh, really good movie in my opinion. And, uh, I was watching it today and I was just thinking about how the car chase scene in that movie, I think is a little bit underrated. Like it's actually a really good chase scene and the, uh, the sort of angles 
visuals and stuff they use during that scene really, uh, really gives you an intense feeling while watching it. So I was actually just kind of admiring that earlier today. But honestly, I haven't really watched anything new besides WandaVision. Uh, How about you? So it's funny that you brought. So aside from WandaVision, I didn't really watch anything new either. And I'm going to tell you why, because one of the news stories has made me start watching Batman, the animated series again. (laughs) Uh, I think I know what news story you're talking about, but keep going. (laughs) We'll we'll get to that momentarily. Um, And then I'm kind of like exploring uh, some areas of Star Wars. Like, like I said, I was rewatching Rebels and I've really enjoyed it more um, without the commercials. And I have and I wonder if that's part of the reason why I didn't like the show in the past is the commercials were driving me nuts because you'd go you'd be watching Star Wars and then you'd break for these Disney advertisements or like a Disney advert ad would like scroll onto the bottom of the screen and then you'd be back in the show. And it like it was like maybe took me out of the show a lot mm-hmm. where um, this time around, I feel like I'm a little bit more focused and everything. And Ezra's not bothering me as bad as he did originally. He still bothers me, but not as bad as before. so um you know what i mean like it's just i don't know i don't know if that makes sense but it's just you know i'm enjoying the show show more so i'm kind of bouncing between those but when you brought up scott pilgrim i have been playing on my xbox scott pilgrim versus the world the game (laughs) that's a really awesome game i saw it did they just like re-release it or something i've been seeing ads for it on Twitter they, and stuff. they remastered it and dropped it and they put it and they remastered it and put it out. And um, I kind of looked at it and was like, eh, 12 bucks. Who cares? So mm-hmm. I just I downloaded it. It's a good time. Um, and it's basically like your old school arcade brawler. And you can play. I've only played by myself, but you can do multiplayer and stuff like that. It's, it's really fun and funny. Um, but it also has made me uh, read the Scott Pilgrim comics. Oh, excellent. Uh, That's awesome. Which, and I'm going to tell you this, and this is how I'm reading them because I don't own them. But if you are an Amazon Prime member, they are free to read on Kindle because you're an Amazon Prime member. So nice. Um, I just thought I'd throw that out. So download your Kindle app, pull up Scott Pilgrim, and you can read. Th- I think all six volumes are free uh, to read on Kindle. So um, I was just kind of reading through, and it was it's been kind of cool. So that's what I've been doing, other than watching WandaVision. So, so just kind of curious, how far are you into the Scott Pilgrim comics? Not far. Prop. I think I'm really close to the end of book one. It's been kind okay. of. Like I said, it's just since we talked last, this is kind of something I've been doing in downtime stuff. So, so, so. so I, I will tell you, uh, book one is it very closely follows the same plot of the movie. Like I remember because I saw the movie first and then I read the comics and the first book has a lot. It, the storyline's kind of like a lot of what you see in the movie. After that, though, once you get to book two, it's completely different and you're going to really enjoy it because it's just going to be brand new terror territory. And the book is actually different than the movie in a lot of ways. But, um, yeah, that that's a, a good comic. And it's one of the few uh, comics that I've read where I've laughed out loud while reading, which is pretty hard to do. Um, but uh Oh, there's also like a couple jokes I'll probably want to talk to you about when you actually read the whole thing. But, uh, yeah, that's awesome to hear. I love uh, those comics for sure. Well, the um, the other thing, speaking of comic books, is the DC Universe Infinite app has officially dropped. 
Oh, cool. Uh, so if anyone's looking at unlimited DC comics to read, um, it is dropped and it's available for you. And there you go. Um, uh, I, do you have it? No. Well, I downloaded the app. I haven't like gone into like the I'm just kind of scrolling through it and stuff. It's really cool how it's broken down. Um, I was kind of looking at it like literally like I was kind of looking at because I'm such a big Batman fan, starting at like Batman from my birthday and just reading <laughs> um, uh, like doing detective comics from like when I was born and just read it. You know what I mean? Like, how does this all work? <laughs> okay. I just thought that nice. be, I just thought that'd be a cool place to start. Um, but it was, you know, just in terms, you know, in terms of like looking around the app and poking out, it's kind of cool how it's set up right now. There's a couple features that I don't like, but. I think it's just an issue of menuing that I'm not liking um, in terms of how you scroll through the stuff. But that could be also be adjusted. Um, and, you know, maybe they'll have like it. Maybe they'll have some updates to it. But right now it basically looks like the DC Universe app before, except it's only comic books. Yeah, that's really awesome. I kind of want to look into uh, getting that or seeing if there's a free trial, because uh, that would be a really good time to actually just have access to all of that. Um, I do have two questions, and I don't know if you know the answers to them yet, but uh, okay. Vertigo and Wildstorm, are those available on this app, or is it only DC proper comics that Vertigo are available? Vertigo and Wildstorm. Let's take a peek. <laughs> you didn't have to. I mean, I didn't mean to like make you stop what you were doing. It's just that was kind of the first place my mind went. No, it's all good. I'll uh, uh, Vertigo, if I could spell it correctly. Um, so I believe so because I saw because um, I saw shoot home I saw this whole section because when I was scrolling through like the home screen there was a whole section of like how it's broken down um, and there is like because they have like the black label um they have like their black label. They have like their big titles and stuff, but they also have. But yeah, so it does look like it's there. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, the yes. other thing I was going to say yes, is. Yes, in, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is instead of starting with uh, Batman or Detective Comics, you know, from whenever you were born, you really should just start with Action Comics number one and just read everything in chronological order <laughs> yeah right <laughs> you know go through the golden age and the silver age and then eventually one of these days you'll you'll get up to uh modern day of course but yeah, yeah. um yeah that's a good point <laughs> <laughs> um all right so are you ready to uh talk about some wandavision yeah absolutely all right so overall what did you think Okay, so this is um, well, okay, overall, so I guess overall, I'm somewhere between I don't know what to think and liking it quite a bit. And I think that's kind of a weird place to say you are. But the first episode, I felt like not a lot happened. Um, they hinted at some stuff, but overall, it was kind of I kind of just felt like I was watching an old sitcom and I don't know if I even felt like it was a particularly good sitcom, but I think by the time you get to the second episode and stuff starts 
getting a little bit weird and all the uh, like townsfolk that they start interacting with uh, start acting a lot more creepy and cryptic. And uh, you kind of get more of a Truman show sort of vibe out of the whole thing. I think by the second episode, I was actually really interested and I was like, okay, this is really cool. It's really mysterious. Um, It's kind of twilight zoney. I'm actually really interested. The first episode I kind of felt was except for a select few moments it almost felt throwaway to me which i was a little bit disappointed with but i'm gonna be definitely coming back to this um like i said i liked the second episode quite a bit and uh that second episode i think is really what hooked me and really what makes me want to keep coming back to the story to see what happens um how about you so i'm gonna see if i can save i don't did i save this oh yes okay so i got a i saved these uh, text. Uh, so our friend of the show, Bryn, sent me a text um, that I had to bring this up. So I get this text from her that reads, is this House of M? Question mark. I mostly don't want. I don't want it to too much. And I think I have a prediction, but I accidentally come across thinking that actually confuses me. And now I was all connected. I can't decide if I want to read it or not. Like, blah, blah, blah. So. <laughs> My it was kind of funny. So my response to her was this. So if you were to read House of M, you would say this is not House of M. But if you were to really read House of M, you're going to be very excited like me. That's the most spoiler free answer I can give to that question right now. (laughs) And then her and I go on to this big conversation of how she can find a copy of House of M. By the way, also available for free to read on Kindle at the moment. Um, So. Her and I, like, we had a look, we had a couple texts back and forth, but what I wanted to say was this, is this, this is going to segue into a news story. So I'm going to drop the news story right now and then go into my spiel. Um, WandaVision, according to um, the uh, powers that be over at Marvel, says starts right after Endgame, which is very important. Um, and the reason that that's important is because you have to understand that at this point in the show, for you average, for your non-readers, average moviegoers, WandaVision, um, in this show, Vision is no longer alive. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that they did in the films, they did not play her powers up the way they should have played her powers up. Wanda Maximoff or Scarlet Witch has reality-altering abilities. And as you watch this show... The first episode is very homage to Dick Van Dyke, Donna yeah. Reed. And then the second episode is very bewitched. And when I say very bewitched, like they used almost the opening sequence. Uh, <laughs> right. Like the opening theme song. But when you watch the Dick Van Dyke show, they used uh, the, the first episode was very Dick Van Dyke opening with them, like almost tripping over the chair, but not. Um, I thought that was kind of a cute thing they did. They, they did. But what's interesting about the show is that there's a moment in the first episode where you saw some color. It was all black and white except for this one instance. And then you saw it again in the second episode. There was an instance where there was a color. And um, when things aren't going correctly, Wanda has these moments where she stops and changes things to the way she needs it to be and makes adjustments. Again, these are reality-altering abilities. So... Uh, the big giveaway was when the beekeeper uh, climbed out of the sewer and it kind of freaked her out and she paused and she goes, 
she just says no. And then everything kind of like adjusts and resets. Um, you got to understand that this is the fact that she's possibly this stuff is happening in her head, but she's making it happen, which potentially means it's happening around her as well. Um, she's creating this pocket universe, if you will. And I'm going to use that word on purpose, but it's almost like she's created this like pocket universe where she can have this perfect life for her envision. And when something doesn't work correctly, she makes an adjustment or makes a change. And you see that throughout these two episodes. And then by the time you get to the end of the second episode, they move into color because she's making mm-hmm. another adjustment. She's making a control. But I think there's a level where she can't completely control it. Um, and I think that's going to lend into Doctor Strange, too, where maybe she's could potentially be the big bad or she's made so many changes. It's created these alternate universes. And then he now has to help her fix it. OK, which brings in these things, for example, uh, all the vampires are on another reality. So because of the fix, it brings them into Earth one or. Um, hey, mutants are on another reality, but because of some of the changes she makes and the fix in Doctor Strange, it brings them into Earth One. And it's a way to, like the same thing with like Fantastic Four. Oh, we've made some changes, blah, blah, blah. Now they have to make this fix and it folds that into place. And that might be this weird backdoor monkeying everything in because we've talked about characters from the Netflix shows making appearances in the Marvel movies. And you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So in this really weird way, WandaVision has got this bizarre like House of M aspect to it that I think we're going to see very slowly unfold over this show. And ultimately, it is going to be House of M. Um, these are just my takeaways because I watched it and I was like a kid on the edge of my seat. Like, this is awesome. Like, I was just in. Um <laughs> and then Catherine Hahn was fantastic. Um, I don't remember her character's name, but the Internet's saying that she's some witch that I'm not familiar with in the Marvel Universe. So um, I could be completely wrong there. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add to it, but those are just some takeaways I had with the show. So, no, I um, I pretty much agree with most of what you said. Um, I haven't read House of M personally, but uh basically a lot of what you were saying, I did feel like they were hinting at, but um, I'm still just kind of enjoying the show. I'm enjoying the ride and I'm kind of just more seeing where it takes us. Um, But I am really, I really do appreciate the sort of, um, I guess the cryptic details and the weird, the creepiness of um, the townsfolk and stuff. Like I really enjoyed that stuff. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I have too much more to say about it, but yeah, I, I, and I agree with most of what you said there. <laughs> we're going to talk about it really heavily as we go forward. Um, but I really think it's smart what they're doing. And it's interesting because I went I was uh, I stopped by a friend's house. I hadn't watched the show until Monday. So it released on Friday. I didn't get to watch it till Monday. Um, I was at a friend. I stopped by a friend's house real briefly. And there were a couple people there and they were talking and WandaVision came up in conversation. And one of them goes, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard it's unwatchable. And he's an average Marvel watcher like well he's a watcher but he doesn't read the comics you know that kind of thing so it was I didn't say anything when he said it I was like "Mm." and I kind of like cringed a little bit when he said it because I'm like you don't read comics like (laughs) you know what I mean so it makes me wonder how that's gonna all play out I guess you could say um in terms of 
the fact how this show is completely connected to the films. Um, everything's folded in on like everything is folded in with the movies and the shows now. So it'll be really interesting to hear what these average uh, moviegoers take away from all this. And when they're just like, wait, when did that happen? Oh, you didn't watch that show. You know what I mean? So. We'll yeah. See. And I don't know if, and you might have a different perspective on this than me, but um, I kind of felt like certain aspects of the show could have moved faster. Like I said, the, the first episode, I felt like not a lot happened and it kind of felt like a mediocre sitcom besides like a couple moments. And I feel like if somebody tried the show out and they only watched the first episode, I could see somebody saying like, oh, this is unwatchable. But at the same time, like I said, the second episode is what got me hooked. And maybe that's why they released both episodes at the same time. I'm not really sure, but I'm wondering if that just goes into it. Like if you only watch the first episode, your impression of the show, you know, especially if you're a casual fan, your impression of the show might be a lot worse than if you, you know, actually stick with it and watch the second episode. And hopefully the third um, right. is just as good. So. Right. Well, I don't know if you recognized the commercials. I found very interesting how they, each episode had a commercial in it. Um, the commercials uh, broke for um, I don't remember what the first commercial was for, uh, but that's where you saw the first set of color in the very first episode with the beeping light. Um, mm -hmm. But then they had and I found that kind of disorienting because I wanted I was trying to read the radio that it was beeping because in the second episode and I got to go back and watch. But the second episode, uh, the commercial for the Strucker watch. Um, if you didn't catch the name Strucker or Baron Strucker, the guy who, um, was holding the twins before Wanda and her brother got out. Ooh, or, nice, nice oh, catch. Uh, the other catch to that was if you looked at the watch underneath the Strucker logo was the Hydra logo. Um, yeah, I did notice that for so, sure. And the other thing that I thought was interesting about her starting with black and white television is she is from Slokovia which is in the Russian area of the world. Um, and Russia is a second world country um, where they got a lot of television late. So she would have grown up on black and white television shows in this perfect world that she's created in her head. And then, you know, aside from the real, like that was her escapism. So when she's creating this perfect pocket universe for her envision, um, obviously that's what she's going to go with. Cause it's the only thing she knows that was perfect. That's a that's a good that's a good catch as well, because I was I remember watching it and I don't was bewitched ever in black and white because I had yes. only seen. OK, because I think I've only seen colored episodes of that show. Um, and I don't know if they like went back and technical technicolored old episodes or whatever. But uh, I did think of that. I was like, was bewitched black and white. So uh, but it was. I mean, even if there it wasn't. Was what you just said kind of justifies it anyways, but uh, go on. It, and, and the bewitched um, in the bewitched opening, there's a, a grim reaper in the cartoon footage of that opening. And in WandaVision, when they showed the bewitched opening uh, in place of the grim reaper was a devil. Um, and there's some people online screaming, Oh my goodness, is that Mephisto? Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we're there yet, but it's a nice question to ask uh, because for sure know if we're there yet so mm -hmm. um so yeah let's we have tons of wandavision to talk about i'm excited about it i'm happy about it so um let's continue on shall we How's that sounds good um so since we're on marvel 
Let's talk about this. Um, Kevin Feige, this is a rumor, so don't take it anything beyond rumor. Kevin Feige reportedly wants Jennifer Lawrence to reprise her role as Mystique in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> but what did I just say about Pocket Universes being enfolded in in Doctor Strange? Right. It's, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like, do you, do we know if this is just going to be a weird uh, alternate universe cameo, or is she going to become one of the mainstay characters in the right. MCU? Um, either way, it's definitely exciting. Um Obviously, Marvel and DC are both dealing with their own multiverses right now, and there's probably going to be just a lot more cool cameo st news stories like this as we go on. But uh, do you have any specific thoughts about her being possibly in it or you're just excited? No, I think it's awesome. Like overall, right. it's awesome. Um, it makes it makes me wonder continuity wise with X-Men specifically because X-Men has the most bizarre continuity altogether. But if we're going to be folding <laughs> it, in, if we're going to be folding it into the MCU and creating a cohesive timeline, the only movie that you could probably do that with is Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness. So <laughs> they could be pulling the best of everything into this one thing that creates an ongoing cohesive continuity for the MCU. Um, True. So yeah, um, speaking of ongoing Marvel continuity, um, Charlie Fox, we talked about how it was reported that he is rumored to be rumored to be in Spider-Man 3 as Daredevil. So yes. reprising his role as Daredevil from the Netflix show in Spider-Man 3. However, that was a rumor that we talked about. It is now official that he has wrapped filming on Spider-Man 3. <laughs> well, there you go. So um, as opposed what, what to it, just as opposed to rumored he might be back, um, he's done filming his scenes apparently. So, yeah, awesome. <laughs> Haven't you said something in the past like today's rumors are t tomorrow's news or something like that? Yes, today's um, rumors. Today's rumors are tomorrow's spoilers or something like that. Like whatever I said. Perfect. Uh, yeah, because, but because technically, yeah, case in technically point, knowing right that yeah, technically knowing Daredevil's in the movie is a spoiler. <laughs> So, um, okay. Uh, we will jump to DC in a moment. Um, Godzilla versus King Kong. Hits, yes. Hits theaters and HBO max on March 26th. Um, that's sooner than I thought. Um, so I'm keep, I keep forgetting that I get to watch a lot of these movies in my house. Um, I know that this is a movie I'm probably going to want to see on an IMAX screen, but, there's a chance that that's not going to happen. So the fact that I can watch it at my house will be amazing. So um, I never watched Godzilla King of the Monsters, but I need to now because I got a little bit of time to squeeze that in. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I've got I've got I never saw that one either. So I've got a bit of catching up to do. But uh, no, this should be awesome. It is really cool that it's on HBO Max. But I think <laughs> if uh, if people have the ability and uh, willingness to go see this in theaters, it's probably going to be worth it because it's giant monsters fighting each other and I mean, seeing that on a big screen is definitely better than seeing it in your house. But um, no, this one, I'm just excited. I think this is going to be great. I don't have much to say besides that. But yeah, giant monsters fighting each other. It's going to be badass. <laughs> <laughs> right. Speaking of monsters, that's a good uh, segue here. Um, speaking of monsters, um, February 19th, The Muppet Show will be on Disney+. Plus. 
Um, like, so is this like all of the Muppet Show? Like the original Muppet Show, all five, um, all five seasons of the original Muppet Show will be streaming on Disney Plus. I'm really excited about this. I've talked at nauseum about how I am a big Muppet fan. What makes me excited about this is that this is the one thing I felt Disney Plus was missing at launch. So, yeah, absolutely. That yeah. and like half of the MCU films. But no, I, I agree. <laughs> well, uh, the Muppet Show. I agree with the MCU stuff, but we knew going in about the contractual stuff with like absolutely you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> going into Disney Plus when they were like all this old content, the Muppet Show was one thing I was hoping for, but. Um, due to whatever contract, whatever they had to do, clean it up. Maybe it was a cleanup that they had to do for the port. I don't know. But it, February 19th, we get them up at show back, which I can't wait for. So, yeah, it's it's going to be fun to go watch those and uh, see some of the old hosts, like how they had a guest star every episode. And, uh, you know, as a kid, um, I think it was the Mark Hamill one was always my favorite because of all the Star Wars uh segments and stuff they did but uh no that's that's really cool and i'm definitely looking forward to that all right one more monster story um <laughs> there, there is a willy wonka prequel movie announced is that monster related well i just i willy wonka freaks me out like in this weird way <laughs> as he should it's a very dark morbid story about uh you know, this guy invites a bunch of kids into his uh, factory and they all get mutilated in weird ways. Like it's really weird child predator kind of like. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just I always a joke, but yeah, yeah I always appreciated the sort of uh, subtle darkness that uh, surrounded Willy Wonka. I always thought that was a really interesting juxtaposition. But do you know, is this going to be like a prequel to the uh, Gene Wilder Willy Wonka or the Johnny Depp Willy Wonka or what, ex what exactly are we looking at here? You're looking at an origin to the character. Okay. So I would assume the origin of the character, probably what he made him fall into the candy making business, probably how he actually found the Oompa Loompas, built the factory, so on. It's an origin story. So, um, I think I'm, that's cool. And some, especially, of some of what I just said is speculation. But when I read origin story, I was like, did your brain kind of starts filling in some of the gaps like, oh, he probably did this, that, you know, that kind of thing. So absolutely. And especially the Oompa Loompa origin, there's actually like there could be kind of a really cool adventure story sequence um, involved there. So that's really exciting. Um, I only ask because I love the. Uh, the original, you know, Gene Wilder movie. I wasn't the biggest fan of the Tim Burton uh, Willy Wonka movie, so I was just curious if you knew which one they were going with. But either way, I'm there. I still like Willy Wonka overall, so I'll be interested to see what they do with this one. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, let's see. We'll see how creepy it is, I guess. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, the next monster story. Um, it's all monsters tonight. Actually, not really. It's just... Couple things. I mean, so th this is what I like to hear. So let's, yeah. let's keep it going. We're going to segue from <laughs> monsters to dragons. Um, so uh, we'll do this. That one's more fun. I'll save it. Um, HBO is clearly not done with Game of Thrones. Um, we have our uh, House of the Dragon coming. Um, we have that uh, show coming, which is the prequel, which is about the Targaryen family line. Um, I'm really excited for it. But this, and that's based off of uh, George Martin's book, Fire and Blood. 
Um, there is another book that Martin wrote called The Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. And it's about a hedge knight uh, by the name of Duncan. And he is um, tooling around with Aegon, a young Aegon Targaryen. Um, so uh, when I say young, we're talking. So this is, takes place years and years and years and years and years before the events of the show. And it's about a knight that wanders the Seven Kingdoms. And he's basically trying to teach Aegon how to be king or how to like rule and deal with the people and make good decisions and that kind of thing. Uh, the book is actually really good. Uh, it's basically like a series of short stories about these characters. And most people know them as Duncan egg because that's like egg short for Aegon and dunk short for Duncan. So it's the adventures of Duncan egg basically. Um, okay. Uh, the if you paid attention to the first season of Game of Thrones when Bran is paralyzed and laying in the bed, um, the his uh, midwife nurse, uh, the Septa who is hanging out with him, kind of telling him stories and stuff, um, asked him asks him if he if he wanted to hear any stories about Duncan the Tall. That's what yes, she was that, referring. That, that sounds that, familiar. So that's what she was referring to was those that uh, the adventures of those two characters. Um, okay. so that's the book, uh, the night of the seven kingdoms tells those stories. So if you wanted to go back and find out what that's all about, that's where you'd get that from. So HBO is reportedly, um, in the works, putting together a series, um, about Duncan egg. So, um, that's cool. I'm down. It's a world I always want more from. There is still no words about when there's still no news about uh, winds of winter, but that's fine. <laughs> um, more Game of Thrones to me is a good thing. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where the series goes, because uh, I know they had that other series that they ended up scrapping. Um, but I think they're just they're just in the mode where they're just going to keep working on Game of Thrones stuff and uh, see what sticks. And uh, yeah, it's it's really exciting. So. Yeah, yep. I just look forward to hearing more about this one. Yep. Um, the other thing, uh, dragons, we're going to shift from Game of Thrones. We're going to stay on the dragon front. And um, Dungeons and Dragons TV series in development. Okay, that sounds fun. <laughs> it does. Um, I'm really kind of curious to see how this is going to play out. Um, you're pro- you are definitely too young to know about this. Uh, but in the 80s, and you might know about it, but I, I know you didn't watch it. But in the 80s, there was a Dungeons and Dragons television cartoon. Um, it ran for two seasons, I think. Yeah, two seasons. It ran for two seasons of the 80s. Um, and it was actually really, really cool. Um, it was kind of like... It was basically like these kids playing Dungeons and Dragons got trapped in the game, um, mm-hmm. sort of like in that video game sense where they got trapped in the game. But it's a role playing game is D&D. Um, the cartoon was awesome. I loved it when I was a kid. Um, I don't know if this is supposed to be a cartoon or if it's supposed to be live action. It also makes me wonder. Yeah, I was actually going to ask that question, but yeah, keep going. It also makes me wonder the level of are we going Hello? to this? Are you there? Drew? Peter, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello? Uh-oh, I think we lost Peter. I can hear him, but he maybe he lost me. Hmm. Um, yeah, connection was lost there. I don't know what happened. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Okay, that was kind of funny. Um, Are we still recording? 
We're still recording. It okay, cut cool. a little bit of we'll fix it in post. Ryan will get it. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> so the la- the last thing I heard you say was you're not sure if it's going to be animated or live action. OK, so what I was going to say was the, the other piece of that is I'm not sure if there's going to be like a cross where you're going to get to see um, the uh, players at the table playing the game versus the actual adventure. And it makes me wonder what they're going to do with it. There's not much written here other than the fact that it's kind of in the works and they talk about the kid show from the 80s. So um, I just thought that was I, cool that someone's going to try. I do think the idea of a series that has that, uh, you know, you're, you're there is a group of people playing the game Dungeons and Dragons, but then you're also seeing the uh, characters in the story and what they're doing. I do think that's a really interesting dynamic that it would be pretty unique. I haven't seen really any movie or show like that. So I think that'd be really fun if they can figure out how to uh, get that to work. But uh, no, this is, this is really cool. It'll be really cool to see where they go. Um, Another option they could do if they don't know whether to make it live action or animated, they could have the real world character or people who are playing the game filmed in live action. And then the, animated part would be the characters actually in the game that could be an interesting thing they could do but uh yeah i don't know i just this is another one there's not a lot to say at this point but i look forward to hearing more about it (laughs) right um all right we got two more pieces of news um i'll save the big one for last because i'm so excited about it um so first off we were told that the Zack snyder justice league or the snyder cut for justice league is going to be a four-part television series basically like a mini series they're going to release one like i don't know if it was supposed to be a week or a day like every day you're going to get another part who knows yeah um that's been officially changed it is now releasing as one four-hour movie on hbo max cool which i'm way more excited for anyway we're going to get it all at once i'll basically block off a sunday and go i'm watching this everyone leave me alone (laughs) um can't wait um i'm excited so uh, that's I think it re- it releases the same weekend as um, Godzilla. So we'll see uh, Godzilla versus. Oh, man. So, that's coming so soon. I think it's um, the same, I think it's the same weekend. Yeah, we're going to have to calculate like if you marathoned it where you watched Man of Steel into BVS Ultimate Edition oh. into the Snyder Cut, how many hours of television you're actually well, watching. You're looking, but, at, uh, you're looking at if you do the director's cut for BVS and that's seven hours alone just for BBS and Justice League. And then you're adding another two and a half. So you're looking at nine and a half <laughs> hours if you add in Man of Steel. So, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I'm hoping I'm hoping to do that, but break it up over like, you know, a week or a few days before as opposed to all in one day. But it's still funny right. to uh, think about. <laughs> right. Well, um, the big news that I'm excited about is I've talked heavily about my fandom for the Batman animated television series. Yes. Uh, it's from 1992. It was built off the Tim Burton, like, uh, like the Tim Burton universe, I guess you could say like that level of dark tone. Um, it's a series that set a, in my opinion, a gold standard for how you handle an adaptation of character to screen. Um, it also sets up in my opinion, um, a standard for what became animation because everyone went, Oh wait, you can tell animation in this caliber now. Um, and it changed the landscape for a very long time. Um, 
Well, Batman the Animated Series, as beloved as it is by me and many, many fans, um, looks like HBO is potentially bringing it back for a sequel. Yes, I did hear about this. It's definitely Um, very exciting. And everything we're reading is that it's a rumor. However, if you listen to the Kevin Smith's podcast this past week, uh, his uh, podcast, Fat Man and Batman, and it comes and they talk about it. Normally, when stuff like that happens, Kevin Smith gets all excited. And this time around, he got quiet um, because he apparently knows something. And he basically said, I've heard on good authority that it's actually happening. He wouldn't say how. He just said, I've heard from someone who's close to what's going on. And it's a real thing. Um, So it sounds pretty. He's like, I would bet my money on the fact that it's actually happening. And that's what he said. So um, I'm just totally down for this. This is exciting. It's amazing. I literally cannot wait. Um, And that's why I said the top of the show that I've been watching Batman the Animated Series lately and just kind of throw on some episodes here and there. I'd like to do a full rewatch. I don't know if I'll. Uh, we'll see if I can squeeze in a full rewatch with all the other stuff I'm trying to get in. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, this this is really awesome to hear, though. Um, I saw somebody on Twitter saying that they didn't want this to happen. I think they're they were coming from the standpoint like uh, Batman, the animated series was perfect the way it is and we don't need any more of it and they're just going to ruin it. But I've been thinking about that. I'm like, no, they're not, though, because. Uh, you know, DC animation is so has done so well with all of their series and pretty much all their movies, too. Like they've they're so consistently good that I don't know why you wouldn't want them to make more Batman, the animated series. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see since the series is what, like 30 years old at this point, um, almost yeah. uh It'll be interesting to see with the way that technology has advanced. Is that going to affect the storytelling at all? Like, are people going to have what's that? Well, think about it. Go finish your thought. Finish your question. Are are people going to have smartphones? Is there going to be, you know, more advanced, just basically computer technology and the stories they're telling? Um, You know, is Batman going to be fighting drones? I feel like there's a lot of technological advancements that could affect um, aspects of the show. But uh, what we were going to say. So what I was going to say was Batman has always been this. They've always found a way to make Gotham City look timeless. Um, Yes. Look at the animated series. There's parts of it that look very futuristic, but there's parts of it look very old school. And you can see it in like the cars and the vehicles and maybe a computer or whatnot. When you watch a show like Gotham. It looked very modern, but the cars looked 80s. The computers looked 70s, 80s, but then they had cell phones, but the cell phones weren't smartphones. And then every now and then someone would have a cool piece of tech and then you might get a smartphone, but it was part of the plot. So they always had this weird way of making it look like you couldn't tell what time period it was in. Here's mm-hmm. the thing about Batman, the animated series. The, the original writers are still alive. The original animators are still alive. The guy who played Batman is still alive. The guy who played the Joker is still alive. If they're really doing this and they're getting the band back together to do more, they can't mess this up. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well said. So you can whine and moan all you want. Like, oh, they're going to mess it up. Look, if you don't like what they're about to do, you don't have to watch it. You have the old stuff and the old stuff is perfect. Like, perfect like using that word perfect if you want more of it and they're going to create more why not give it a shot you don't have to like it here's what i say 
the Batman animated series was geared very towards kids, but it was written for adults. Okay. Um, if you watch the Harley Quinn show now, Harley Quinn is clearly written for adults, but it's a cartoon. And the only reason that makes it adult is the fact that they use language and violence. I feel that the way they've moved DC animation, there's a chance that this Batman animated series could cross the line and be like a middle ground of like the adult versus the kids. And you might get that PG 13 boundary. Who knows? I'm speculating. I don't really have any way of determining either way, but here's the thing. If you get everyone back and they're all in for doing this and HBO's really wanting to throw some money and put this together, you're going to get more Batman animated series. And that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that all like completely. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that, that I have anything more to say, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was the end of the news. So we're kind of going a little I, we're going longer than I thought, but we also talked about WandaVision, too. So um, are you ready to talk the list for the night? Yeah, let's go for it. Awesome. All right. Well, it is time to do the list. Um, Ryan, you know what that means, so do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right, man. Um, this was your list, so why don't you tell um, why don't you tell our listeners if they weren't listening last week, what are we doing tonight and why? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the why is pretty vague, but uh, we've done we've done lists like our top five favorite TV show uh, series finales. And uh, just thinking about that, I thought it'd be fun to talk about our top five pilot episodes from different TV series. And uh, I just think it's an interesting topic. Uh, pilot episodes typically um, they're not as good um, as the rest of the episodes of a TV show, because a lot of times the budget might be smaller and uh, sometimes actors change and sometimes it takes a little bit for TV shows to find their footing. But I definitely think there are some pilot episodes that just have knocked it out of the park. And uh, I just thought that'd be a fun topic to talk about. OK, um, so I will say this um, when I was putting together my list, some a lot of my shows are fairly new um, and tackling this, I found difficult because a lot of pilots don't get made really well. And mm -hmm. I have this rule where if you recommend, Hey, Drew, go watch this show. I give the show three episodes. I have a three episode rule. And if I'm not hooked after the three, I usually give up. Um, I was kind of focusing on the shows that hooked me on a single episode. Um, because, television has drastically changed over the course of the years and just looking at it as the, how does this, you know, does that make sense? Yep. And yeah. That's actually say. exactly, exactly what I wanted kind of to talk about is like, which ones okay. did hook you after uh, that one episode. So, yeah. And it's, it's, it's interesting that a lot of them are newer, but at the same time, we're also dealing with the fact that television got changed very heavily when lost came out. Mm -hmm. um, Lost Lost was like one of the first shows to go back to that serialized level of storytelling. And they they kind of set a format for what television became today. Um, and mm -hmm. I really feel and I do feel that Lost is like that 
linchpin to like what has transpired over the years. So, um, since, and that's why a lot of my shows on my list are newer, but we're talking single pilots. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I don't know if I have too much to add to that at the moment, but, uh, I can say I actually don't have any honorable mentions for this list. Do you have any? I do. I have two. So I will, um, yeah, I have two, so we'll go from there. Um, I'll just pick up right from there. Um, my first one is The Resident. Um, I've talked about this show before. Um, it's the hospital show on uh, Fox right now. Um, I literally watched it because I'm a fan of Emily Van Camp. Um, I watched uh, Revenge, loved it. Then she got brought into the Marvel Universe playing uh, Agent 13 or Sharon Carter. And I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And then I just read that she was in the show The Resident. And because I liked her as an actress, I'm like, I'll give the show a shot. It's cool. Why not? And like mm-hmm. first episode, I was like, this show is awesome. And I've been hooked. Up. <laughs> nice. Uh, it wasn't a watch three episodes. It was I watched the first episode. I'm like, this is awesome. Like I was just mm-hmm. in. So um, and that's why I. Uh, yeah, that's why I kind of threw it out there. So um yeah, so The Resident on that one. Nice. So, uh, the next one is Stranger Things. Um, awesome. Great pick. The first, the first episode uh, is solid. Just absolutely solid. I was hooked immediately. I was in with the characters. I liked everything I saw, and I wanted to know more. And it was the way the episode was done. It was just, I'm in. Let's go. I'm on the adventure with the kids. On the bikes. Let's go do this. So, um yeah. Yeah. Stranger Things was my second honorable mention. So I, I do agree with you. Um, I really love Stranger Things. Um, it and it definitely made my short list for some reason. Like I watched the first episode of that show and I liked it. But I think it was the second or third episode where I really felt hooked, even though I even in the first episode, I did like everything I was seeing. I loved the 80s references and the general story and the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. And I I did like it overall, but I think I just wasn't quite hooked enough for it to make my final list. But I definitely agree with you. Like, I love the series and it definitely is a great first episode. It just didn't hook me as much as some of my other picks. So, um, okay. Do you have, um, okay. So, yeah. so this, it's actually going to have to go to me because I got the, two yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm so- <laughs> sorry about that. It's all good. Um, so I have, uh, so my first one is lost. Um, and this one, this one falls under that thing we talked about last week about how that's a two episode pilot. Um, it really is a two episode pilot. It's basically they shot a movie and then cut it in half. Um, Lost. I just talked about how it set a precedent for the way move television was done um, in terms of storytelling. It also this episode, this pilot was very it raised so many questions. I had to know more. It was incredibly intense. It was incredibly exciting. There was an adventure to it. Um, there was drama. There was like potential romances that you're like, ooh, I got to you know, know more about these characters. I felt going into a show where you don't know any characters and you're along on a ride with these characters, I was invested in characters that I didn't know from a single episode. And I wanted mm-hmm. to know more and I wanted to know where we were going. So, yeah. 
Um, so we actually matched on this one. Uh, Lost okay. is actually on my list, and it's kind of funny because I was actually going to save uh, this pick for last. <laughs> and oh. uh, the reason the reason for Sorry. that is no, like, no, no, oh. no, no worries at all. But, but uh, what I was going to say is the reason I was going to save it for last is because when Lost came out and I finally watched it, because I actually didn't watch it right away when it was on TV. I think I watched I started a couple seconds or seasons in, but the thing about lost is it completely changed my opinion of TV shows in general, because I mean, I grew up in like the nineties and early two thousands and television. I think like some of the kids listening might not understand it, but television wasn't the same back then as it is now. Like there wasn't a lot of overarching story arcs you know when you watched a tv series it was very episodic like you watch your half hour episode or your hour episode and that's your whole plot and then it jumps to something else next time and lost was one of the first shows i saw that had that sort of really intricate overarching plot and i really loved that and there was such a it really was intricate it had so much uh there's so much much mystery to it and the whole show is kind of like a puzzle trying to figure out what exactly was what was going on and how everything pieced itself together. Um, and I just thought this as a pilot episode, I thought Lost just knocked it out of the park because everything you said right there, you know, it it had your drama, it had your action. Um, it had really, really good characters that you wanted to know more about. Um, for me personally, I really loved the sort of uh, survival aspect. Like I always think survival stuff is really fun. And um, other than that, I just think even in the first two episodes, the sort of pilot episodes, you do get that hint of there's a lot of mysteries going on. Um, I don't know why there's a polar bear on this island. I don't know why there's mysterious monsters that we don't see that are, you know, growling at people. <laughs> um, there, there was, there was, there was bits of that sort of puzzle already in play and that really got me hooked. So, I mean, that's about it. This just was a, it was a really incredible show and it really did for me personally change the way that I viewed sort of the potential of TV shows in general. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, um, it's, and I feel bad. I jumped the gun and no. putting it first. Um, I <laughs> absolutely not no like, worries. It's not like I have anything like bigger. I just, um, lost is, it really kind of made me pay attention to television more. Um, mm -hmm. that, and that's a huge piece. And if you think about it, so, um, absolutely just because it's like, I didn't watch much. I didn't watch much. And then, uh, you know, so lost, um, you is, it throws back to me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so wings, um, so uh, Wings is my next pick, actually. Um, I've oh, cool. talked about how I like Wings before. Um, and the pilot really this is one. this is another one where sitcoms don't land well for me on this because um, um, they sitcom pilots are weird. Like, I think the Friends pilot is horrible. Um, like, it, really? Like, I didn't. I. <laughs> If friends made your list, I'll explain why. No, <laughs> it didn't make my list, but I always thought it was a solid sitcom. I mean, pilot. overall it is, but then go back and watch it. And it's so like, there's so many spots in it. You're just like, okay, get, let's go. Let's, let's pick up the pace a little bit more. The pacing, <laughs> the 
pacing changed in the show and they got and they got it down to a silence. And that's the thing where pilots fail is that they um, the, the show is still trying to catch it, get its legs. Does that make sense? Yep. So and this is one of those situations where and Friends was like that. So um, they had to find their legs and they got going and they were a good show overall. But I, I that pilot just drives me nuts every time I watch it. Um, but Wings is a show where you knew what you were getting into right away. You liked all the characters right away. They got everything introduced. They basically set the stage for you, ready to go. Here we are. And the show stayed with this level of consistency throughout. Um, and I just, it was just a really well put together um, pilot. So it's, I just thought it was really solid. So I don't know if you have anything to say about it. I don't know if you remember the episode or not, but. Yeah, I don't know if I've specifically seen the pilot of Wings or not, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny uh, the way I phrase that. But no, uh, I like the show a lot, but I don't know. I'd have to know more about the episode to even know if I've seen that one, <laughs> to be honest. Um, yeah, it's it's I really like that episode. It was great. Um, and then, yeah, the whole show. I just like the whole show in general. So, um, all right, man, your first actual pick because we didn't match apparently. So. Right. So, uh, well, I guess not my first actual pick, but my first different pick, um, which I went with Futurama. Um, so another sitcom, oh. but this time it's animated. And uh, this one I picked because this is one of the first pilots I remember being excited about. Um, I think this came out this came out when I was in junior high and um, the pilot episode uh, coincides with. I think it's kind of funny. It coincides with New Year's Eve of 1999. And I remember the pilot episode. I don't know if it came out on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, but I think it was that same weekend. Like it was in the vicinity of that week. And uh, it's just kind of a really I thought it was just was a really well done story because it has like Fry gets cryogenically frozen on New Year's Eve of 1999 and wakes up in uh I can't remember. Is it like three thousand ninety nine or something like that? He wait. He wakes up like thousands of years later, and uh, it was just a really well done episode. I think it did a really good job of uh, introducing all of the like main main characters when it comes to Leela and Bender and uh, Doctor Farnsworth. And uh, I just thought it was pretty funny and it was just really solid. And I also just kept thinking back to when the show first came out and. Uh, Simpsons being so huge and so good back then, like at this point in my life, if you went to my school and asked people what their favorite TV show was, like 99 percent of them would have said The Simpsons. And this was like a new version of The Simpsons. And uh, at this point, I think I like Futurama better than The Simpsons, actually. I just think the show overall delivered so well, um, especially with the humor. Um, and so, yeah, this is just like this was a really cool one for me. And it's like I said, it's one of the first sort of event level sort of pilots that I remember being really excited for when I was growing up. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on Futurama specifically. Um, I remember the pilot very vaguely, but I remember it being a very solid um I remember it being a very, very solid. Uh, how do I want to word it? Um, just episode as a whole. Uh, mm -hmm. One of those ones where like you you kind of walked in going, oh, these are the characters I got and everything. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. 
think it sets everything up really, really well. But yeah, uh, yeah what what do you have uh, next? Um, I have so it's my pick next. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Riverdale. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, I didn't think of R- Riverdale, but that's a really good call. I um, I did not expect Riverdale to blow me away the way it did. Um, I went in kind of like, oh, this is going to be cool. This is going to be Archie. They're going to do a darker take on it. Um, we're going to give this a shot. I'm going to do the three episode rule. And by the end of the first episode, I'm like, holy crap. I can't wait for next week. Um, and I'm going to tell you this. Um, you can watch that first episode all you want, but you know you're – but I guarantee you'll be watching the next episode and the next episode. Minimum, I think everyone should at least watch that first season um, because it's so good. If you don't go farther in the first season, to each his own. But that first season, holy crap. But that first episode laid groundwork for so many cool things, and that show just – it's amazing. Um so I'm I was really, really impressed with it. Um, and I'm still watching Riverdale. Um, I haven't the season started. I just haven't watched the new episode yet. So. Um, but, yeah, I'm really excited to get back to those get back to those characters. And that's that's a show that I really enjoy with my friends. And the more like not my friends so much as the characters are my friends. You know what I mean? Like get back to like, what are your friends up to? And that's one of the things I like about television is when the season starts, you're always like, well, where are my friends at? What are they doing? So, um Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I like Riverdale a lot. I, I do think they did a good job on that pilot. Um, when I, I remember when I first watched it, I was a little bit skeptical cause I was never the biggest Archie fan, but I knew it was Greg Berlanti, uh, producing it. And I just, I kind of had grown a trust with him, you know, from like the flash and all the Arrowverse stuff. And so once the show started, I just really liked the tone. I liked the sort of, uh, you know, Jughead is is uh, narrating it and he had like the right amount of snark, I would say, as well as just like kind of really yeah, cool yeah. writing style. But um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good call. I didn't think of Riverdale, but definitely a uh, good pick. Um, I can move into my next one unless you have more comments on Riverdale. Uh, I don't. So go ahead. Oh, yeah, cool. So I was going to save this for later, but since we're talking about Greg Berlanti shows, uh, I chose Arrow as one of mine. Um, And I just really think that first pilot episode of Arrow is really, really good. It has so much entertainment value. Um, I really like that it has this mixture between... Oliver Queen's backstory when he was stranded on the island and the sort of weird um, sort of mysterious survival aspect of it, as well as when he returns home and how he's he has like his sort of uh, the dichotomy between his public persona and this uh, vigilante that he's decided to be decided to be behind the scenes, you know, because he has this promise to his father that he's going to clean up the city that is so the underbelly of their home city is so messed up and he's vowed to his father to clean it up. And I just think when this show came out, um, I just thought I was just so impressed with how the production level felt so close to, and I know this might sound ridiculous, but it's, it felt really close to like a movie theater level superhero movie. Like I was like, this is awesome. We've got like a really good superhero show. That's it's not quite movie level, but it's, you know, it's close enough and it's, it was just really fun. And I remember really getting pumped up 
by that first episode. So I just thought they did a great job on this one. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on Arrow specifically or um, Arrow. We matched on Arrow. Oh, awesome. Uh, and I, I was kind of letting you just talk. Uh, this is another one where and it was kind of like when I was telling people to watch Arrow, you had to um, I'm like and everyone knows I have my three episode rule. But this was one where I was like, seriously, you have to watch this show. First episode, you'll be hooked. And the majority of the people I you know, have talked to, that's the case. Um, I also um, I got a chance to meet. I've met um, a handful of the actors from Arrow. Um, I've met uh, Katie Cassidy, who plays Laurel. I've met Stephen Amell, who plays the Green Arrow himself. And I met David Paul Ramsey, who plays Diggle. Um, and uh, Diggle, uh, specifically, uh, when I met him, I told him and I said, you know, this show started um, coming off the heels of Smallville. And I was walking into Arrow a little skeptical because of Smallville. And I said, but you guys hooked me on that first episode. Um, and I go, you guys hooked me hardcore on that first episode. And I love and he was very appreciative to my comments and stuff. But I loved the Batman Begins aspect of that first episode. Absolutely. Uh, it was very uh, show us the new but give us the flashback, like the how they handled it. Batman Begins, is, it's almost like they went into this going, hey, Nolan did this cool thing with Batman over here. I wonder if we could make it translate to the character that was kind of I don't want to say the Batman ripoff, but it was like they built um, Green Arrow based off of the idea of what Batman was. So, yeah, I, I that makes sense. Like Batman was Batman was selling comics, so they, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, they they definitely did. I think that's fair to say because they had such a uh, they had such a sort of Dark Knight approach to that first season. Like they really tried to nail the same vibe, and as the series went on, I do think it got further and further from that sort of realistic dark night sort of uh tone but when it first started it did have that sort of they were were trying to be really gritty and really realistic and i think they did such a good job of that um and then i also was gonna say like the first season they actually have a lot of like throwaway batman villains <laughs> as like you know freak of the week sort of um villains that arrow could fight like i remember firefly coming into it and stuff so i i think it's pretty fair to say it took a ton of inspiration from batman because they were even using some of the batman villains which i always thought was amusing but um no i just i i really enjoyed uh especially the early seasons of the series but i just really think they knocked it out of the park with that uh, uh pilot so yeah i agree um amazing amazing stuff so yeah. Um, and I guess that would throw back to me, right? Uh, it does. So we're in this weird, like, pocket order right now. So, <laughs> yeah. So a completely different show than Arrow. And I'd be really surprised if we matched on this one, Drew. But I chose the show Workaholics <laughs> because um, I just think what we're going to say. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, yeah. I just think the pilot episode of the show is really well done and it's perfect for what it is. Um, I remember when the show came out um, and it was on Comedy Central. And I remember I don't think I knew any of the actors that were in the show, but I was just like, this looks really hilarious. And uh, it looks kind of like a raunchy stoner movie, but it's like just a comedy TV show. And I was like, this is going to be really funny. And I checked it out 
And the first episode, I think they just did. It just really hooked me that first episode because it had this really simple plot where it was a group of kind of like idiot roommates uh, all work at the same job and uh, they spend one night partying and drinking and doing a lot of drugs and then they show up to work the next day and there's a drug test. (laughs) So it's like a really super simple plot, but the way they played it out was like really, really funny with all the different things the characters were doing to try to pass the drug test and trying to get other people's pee to use instead of theirs and trying to find different ways to sabotage it. And I just think it was just... It was really hilarious and it was perfect for the way it was. And this is just one of the first ones I thought when I thought of pilot episodes, because I just think they knocked it out of the park with this one. Uh, Drew, I don't know if you've seen that first episode of Workaholics or if you have any thoughts on the show in general. Uh, but I have seen Workaholics. It took me a, just a brief moment when you said it. I was like, wait a minute. I was, I was kind of confusing it in my head with a different show. <laughs> Fair enough. Ultimately, Workaholics. Yes, I do remember that show. I don't remember the pilot as well as you, but mm-hmm. I remember this story. Um, and yes, that there was a there's a handful of like I really enjoy workplace comedies in a whole as a whole. Um, so, yeah, I this that that was just a really good show. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so my last one, I just realized we're on the last one of the night um, and I didn't mean to save this for last. Um, you're right. We probably should have saved Lost for last because of the standard it's set. Um, oh, no, no worries, because um like I, I didn't mind. I was just saying I was going to save Lost for last, but yeah, no worries about yeah. that at all. But, um, uh, what do you next, got? The next one I was going to talk about was the Game of Thrones pilot. Uh, nice. Uh, we actually match for this one as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and if you're not going out on Lost, you might as well go out on Game of Thrones. So, so Game of Thrones. Um, we've talked heavily about this show, but I don't know if we've ever really talked about the pilot. Um, so. I've heard criticism about how there's so many characters, there's so many houses, there's so many places. Um, if you don't know, if you didn't read the books, walking into Game of Thrones, that first episode, you're like, who are these people? Why do I care about them? What's going on? Um, I've talked to so many people about how they didn't understand the whole John Aaron death thing from the first episode right away. And I had to explain that to him, but I was a reader of the books and all that stuff. When Game of Thrones was announced to be a show i remember uh turning i remember basically um i was get. i got super super excited and none of my friends knew what game of thrones was because i read these books they were amazing no one else i knew really read the books i knew one other guy that read the books and we used to geek out about it a little bit because i worked mm-hmm. with but other than that like that was about it and then we found out the show is coming i'm like oh my god this is gonna be amazing and then it was like i don't know a couple weeks before the show was airing or was gonna air and they released the opening 10 minutes so in the pilot when the when the night's watch are going beyond the wall and they get attacked by the white walkers and then it starts the theme song they released that whole chunk and um i was like oh my god they're doing the show justice it's amazing i can't wait um the pilot moves a lot faster if you read the books the pilot moves a lot faster than i intended it to move but i'll mm-hmm. tell you this the moment that bran gets thrown out the window spoilers the moment bran gets thrown out the window in game of thrones at the at the end of the first episode that part of the novel is where i got hooked like I was reading it, enjoying what I was reading, but I was also like, yeah, okay. It's like, I'm liking this so far. Like I wasn't like, 
it wasn't like a page turner for me yet. But when Brian yeah. tossed out the window, I was like, <gasps> what? And then like I was in. <laughs> I'm like, turn the page. I'm in. Let's do this. Um, and I just was like, that's where they took us on that first episode. And I'm like, whoever didn't click play on the next episode, I, I feel sorry for you because you just missed out on a one heck of an adventure. But they're probably all back now because the whole world watched Game of Thrones, right? Um, yeah, but that first episode was so solid, such a faithful adaptation of page to screen, like just the handling of the environment and everything, create doing the world building as best as they could in that first episode with so much information. Um, really quality work. Um, I go ahead and gush on Game of Thrones for a little bit. Yeah, um, you've said a lot there, but um, I do, I do, can, I, I can comment on the fact that. Game of Thrones is you can't watch it passively like you do have to pay attention. You have to pay a close attention to the characters. And at certain points, you feel almost like you should be taking notes because it is a very detailed story. And you really have to try to remember those names. And I actually because I was watching it week to week when it first came out and I actually ended up falling behind. But I went back and binged it and I actually got a lot more out of it. Uh, just binging through the whole thing. So maybe if uh, if any of our listeners did feel like it was difficult to follow along, uh, definitely try going back and just binging through because that helped me a lot with uh, remembering characters, names and locations and all of that. Um, as far as the pilot goes, um, I remember when this first came out and uh, I hadn't read the book. So I was kind of jumping into this story and I didn't really know what I was getting into. I just knew this was an HBO show. It looked really good and it was going to be this epic fantasy story. I didn't really know much past that. And I remember when I started the episode and there's the whole like White Walker sequence at the beginning and uh, realizing that White Walkers are like, I mean, at the time I was just like, okay, these are some like really cool sort of fantasy, like snow zombies or something. And <laughs> when this sh show came out, this zombies were still really hot when this show came out. Like everybody was really thinking and talking about zombies all the time. Unfortunately, people aren't as into zombies right now. I wouldn't say, but when game of Thrones first started, people were still talking about zombies a lot. So I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I didn't know the show was going to have anything like this in it. So I was really hooked from the beginning. But then when you start getting into the story, I think they did such a good job of it, uh, introducing you to the uh, Starks and the Lannisters and kind of the dynamics between those two households. And I think they just did a really good job introducing the characters and uh it was a lot more dialogue heavy than i was expecting but it was very uh interesting dialogue and uh all the, at the same time there really was those hints that there's going to be a lot of really cool action and adventure parts of this show as well but um yeah, it was just really good, like just the characters and the drama. And uh, like you said, once once Bran gets tossed out that window, I was hooked as well. Like, that's the thing of the show. The pilot was really good throughout, but that clincher at the end is really what made me come back and really made me feel that they did such a good job with this this pilot episode. So, yeah, I don't know if you have any more thoughts on it, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I just think they did a really good job with this one. Well, if you've been listening to this show for as long as we've been doing it, you've heard us talk about Game of Thrones very, very heavily. 
Uh, <laughs> just not true. joining us. We are huge Game of Thrones fans and can't wait for more because HBO is apparently doing a handful more shows. That being said, I don't have much more to say about the pilot. Just it's just a solid, solid episode, and they could yep. basically like screenplay, the cinematography, the music, the acting, the casting. Everything was just astounding. It was like they just did this perfect single episode show. Um, so. Yeah, there's that. It kind of set the stage for this amazing adventure we were going on, and that's what a pilot's supposed to do. Most pilots suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> most, like in conclusion, <laughs> in conclusion, most pilots are not good. Here's what I'll say though about the pilots: is the fact that there are writers out there that make a living off of pilots that never get shot. Like yeah, they literally just write television shows that never get made or they get made. The pilot goes to like production. The studio doesn't like the pilot. So they scrap the idea and they move on to the next one. But so there's this, like thousands and thousands of shows that we've never seen, never heard of because these pilots don't get off the ground. So, mm-hmm. um, um, yeah, so Absolutely. that's kind of it. We got basically got another episode done. Um, do you want to know what we're going to do next week? Yeah, yeah, what are we doing? We might have a guest with us, but next week is our 130th episode. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I just thought that was kind of cool. I'm like, oh, hey, we're at 130. Um, so uh, I was thinking about doing a year. Uh, we, okay. haven't, we haven't done one of those in a really long time. So we're going to do the year 1998. Um, I've actually been saving this year for a long time. Like it's been in, it's, I kind of wrote it down a while ago. Like at some point we'll get to it, but um, I'm like, we haven't done a year in a while. So I was like, let's do a year. Um, and we're going to do 98. And the reason I picked this year is because one of my all time favorite movies is in this year and it's the year I graduated high school. So, <laughs> oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh, that was honestly the reason I was like, Ooh, 1988, I graduated high school. What's in that year. And I was like, Oh my gosh, one of my all time favorites is that year. So, um, Let's jump on our way back machine and uh, check and have a conversation about that. So sounds great. Yeah, I can't think of any movies specifically that came out this this year, but uh, should be fun. So yeah, looking so, forward um, to this one. <laughs> yeah. So if I if I was graduating high school, you were old enough to see a good chunk of those movies that had come out that year. So mm-hmm. um, so yeah, we may have a guest next week. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, there's a chance that that might not happen either way. We'll, we'll be having a good time, like we always do, right? Absolutely. Um, Sorry, right, dude. Another episode in the can. You ready to close this out for the night? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So uh, do us all a favor. Uh, check out our website, top five report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and um, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook. We don't have an Instagram because it's an audio podcast. Um, Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> um, uh, you can uh, also find a link to our email, uh, top five report at gmail.com. You can hit us up on the show there or on our social media. Either way works. Uh, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us, um, which that way you'll never miss a single episode. But you can also leave us a review. We love those five stars, but we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, Peter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and that's where I'll be telling you all about this great new show that I started watching. And don't worry, it only takes about 27 episodes before it starts getting good. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. All right.
Well, everyone, we'll see you next week uh, for the Top 5 Report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Have a good night.